Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So glad to be here today and be able to share with all of you. Uh, yes, I was there yesterday. We had a fantastic day. Uh, yep, the 150 men with the black shirts. I'm sure a lot of people said, who are these guys? What's going on with these guys? What's with those black shirts? Where are they coming from? But um, as Pastor Joaquin said, um, we're, not, we're not clowns. We're not kids. We're not playing around. We realize that this is very serious. And I always say there's, there's, there's something amazing when, like, let's say a man who doesn't know the things of the Lord comes into a place where you have that power of all these men who are not playing games, who are really into this, it, is, it has a life-changing effect on men. Something in a man says, oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know these guys are not kidding. These guys are for real. Maybe this is something I should really look at. So I really feel it's important uh, that... Uh, as Pastor Joaquin said, there are going to be more events. Things are opening up more and more. We have moved, uh, the church has moved into a national level. We've done things internationally. If you can be there, just your being there adds power to the whole thing. And it's going to transform things in your life. So I, I can't emphasize enough that uh, you know, this thing begins when we stand up and just be there. Stand up and be there. And as we walk, this is also part of my message today, as we walk in the will of God, God gives us the desire and he gives us the strength. And, uh, you know, we've got to stop being little boys and little clowns and start walking as God would have it. One thing that was said a few times in the, uh, in the different messages yesterday was uh, this thing about Moses, that God calls Moses to do some incredible big things that nobody had ever seen before. Nobody, and Moses says, and the Lord tells Moses, don't worry, I'll be there. You won't be my power, your hand. And, and Moses tells them, yeah, that's okay. But if you're not there with me, it's not going to happen. <laughs> if you're not there with me, it's not going to happen. So when we stand here, that's the spirit that we're in. You know, I'm just like a, a, a mouthpiece, an instrument. The God, God needs to speak to us. He needs to uh, come through. And, that, and that's how this works. The Christian life is a, a life of submission. It's a life of understanding who you are, understanding what gift God gave you, and understanding that he's the one who pulls the strings and he's the one who moves there. So that's, that's my spirit here today. And, uh, you know, I say uh, when you come to the Lord, it's like the, the, the fast shooters in the West. The guy shoots very fast until that young kid comes along who shoots a little faster than him. There's always somebody better than you. So it's not about us. It's about God and what he wants to do. And God wants to transform this nation. He wants to transform the men of this nation to start being real men of God. God created us in his image and likeness. And we've gotten way away from that. You know, when you have the boys going to the girls' bathroom, something is drastically wrong. Something is drastically wrong. We've got to get back on track. And so I don't want to carry on too much. I've got a lot to say, and we don't have that much time. So let's just have a word of prayer. Jesus, Lord, Heavenly Father, be with us as we go into your word. We need to break this down. We need the how to, how to do this. How do we do this? We need you to show us step by step. And we want to look at that today. We want to look at that today, Lord. We want to really uh, not only talk this, we want to be able to walk it. We want to be able to live it. And we need your anointing. We need your, you, we need you to show us, show us. There's a song that show me your face, Lord. Show me, show me where you want to take me and how do you want to do this? And we just ask that your anointing would be upon this message, that it would speak to believers and to new people as well, Lord, because we want to walk in your ways because we know that by walking in your ways, we will be the men that you want us to be, the men and women that you want us to be, and there will be victory and it'll be glorious. And we thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. This thing always turns off now. You least expect it. <laughs> Can't depend on this technology. Anyway, 
Today, we want to talk about how God will open a path. God will open a path in, in our life. Um, God will open a path when it seems that there is no way. When it seems that there's, where do we go? How do we move forward from here? God will open a path. And so this message is um, kind of like a reminder for believers. And I'm sure we have some people who are not connected to church or the things of God. You start getting an idea of how this walk works. God will open a path for us when it seems there is no path. Okay, we've all been in situations when we've wondered if there's a way that I can get out of this problem. Here I am back against the wall. I don't see a way out of here. They talk about painting yourself in a corner. You know, you're painting and you're painting and you're, you're doing a great job, but all of a sudden you're in a corner and now how the heck do I get out of here without ruining everything I did? You know, we, we have these situations in life. And um, always comes to mind Abraham. Abraham in the Old Testament, the father of the faith. He found himself in such a predicament when God told him, okay, Abraham, now I want you to sacrifice Isaac. Yes, that beautiful son that I gave you, that I promised you. Now I want you to go up on the mountain and sacrifice your son in my presence. Well, what happened? You know, can you imagine Abraham's thoughts, his mind? But we know that God, at precisely the right moment, in precisely the right way, provided the solution. And this is what we need to learn because these, are there, these things are here for us to learn. We're going to begin in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to go to verse 9. We're going to read Genesis chapter 22, verse 9 to 14. It says, when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied up his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. He's going to sacrifice his own son, okay? And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. And the angel says to him, don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and he saw a ram caught up by his horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh-Yareh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Amen. Here we see an example. This is the father of the faith who found himself in a moment of, whoa, what is this? What do we do? This is a tough situation. How do I get out of it? And what he, what did, what did, this is, speaks to us. What did Abraham decide to do? He said, I'm going to do what God said. I'm going to do what God said. I am going to believe in God. I am going to trust him. I know who he is. I know how he's dealt with me, how he's dealt with my life in the past. I have faith. I'm going forward. And God gave him the solution. So no matter what the problem is or the difficulty you're facing, God will provide a path, a way for you to walk, even when it looks like there's no solution. So today we're going to look and see how we can do God's will. We can do what God wants us to do in a way that we can experience his grace, his power, his sovereignty. That means that he's in charge. He's the boss. We want to see those things working in our lives. Praise the Lord. Okay, God made, God makes a way. We can see how Paul understood how God makes a way when he wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Paul wrote this. This is very important because this is foundational. This is, this is the foundation of the whole thing. God is working in you. God gives you the desire and the power. God gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Then right there, Paul says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Our tendency when anything happens is we get mad, we get upset, we get rebellious, we start complaining, we start making excuses. Forget all that stuff. 
What Paul is saying here is, was saying here is, God gives us the desire and the power, okay? He gets you in the position. He does everything that needs to be done. What we need to do is walk in that faith. Okay, the Word of God and the Spirit of God are constantly at work in us to motivate us, to give us the ability to accomplish God's will. God doesn't stop. He's with us 24-7. The Holy Spirit is working in us. God is preparing us. He's putting everything that we need in us to be able to do this, to accomplish God's will. So, in order for us to become more like Jesus Christ, we need to allow the Lord to come into my heart, to come into my life, and to do what he's going to do, to motivate me, to give me the strength. And not only that, God is going to do something in me to make me be able to do things that are humanly impossible. Now, what do I mean by that? You see, God's ways are different from our ways. We are born, the Bible teaches, with a sinful nature. We kind of go the wrong way. So, what God wants us to do is not something that comes natural to us, but his Holy Spirit and his word will prepare us to do things that are humanly impossible. And here's something else I want to tell you. I'm giving you a very important tips today, okay? It's only when we begin to walk and do God's will that we receive the strength and the desire to do it. Okay, God's telling me to do this. Uh, I'm over here like, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I don't know if I can, I don't even understand this. This doesn't seem, no, no. When we walk, when we begin walking in the right direction, that's when God will give us the desire and the strength. I don't know about you. I always tell my wife, because you know how sometimes, <laughs> Angie, I love you. <laughs> uh, I always tell my wife, Honey, I can't walk unless I know what I'm going to do. She's like, you know, you know, sometimes people get like, you know, and I'm like, honey, but if I know what I'm going to do, if, I, if, if I'm clear on the whole thing, then I can go, you know. So God puts that in us. He puts the desire. He puts the strength, okay. And there's a part in the Bible where the priest had to walk into the water, but they knew that if they started walking into the water, they were going to be underwater in no time, you know, underwater in no time. But God wanted them to walk. So what happened was that God had them walk and walk and walk into the water until it was really, really, really getting up here. And once it's, when, when they did that, then God said, okay. And then the water started to separate and they walked across on dry land. That's how God works. He is all powerful. He's almighty. And he's working with you. But he needs to see that you mean business, that you're for real. Okay? So we mustn't allow ourselves to be driven and tossed around by the circumstances of our life. That's what always happens. We see stuff and then we say, well, it doesn't look like this and it doesn't look like that. And I don't think this is going to happen and blah, 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 blah. And the devil is there telling you, yeah, 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 yeah. You're a loser. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. We cannot be tossed by that. We don't go by what we think, what we feel, or what other people say, or what happened, or anything. We go by what it says there. What does God's word say? Another thing is, like I say, the devil is real. The devil is there. And he's always doing stuff to um, kind of take away your faith, to, to make you feel like it's not going to happen, to make you think you can't do that. We need to fight against that every day in every way. I don't go by what the devil says. I don't go by what anybody says. I go by what God says. And I'm going to walk in that. And yeah, yeah, you need to be able to jump off that diving board in the dark, even though you, may, you know that the pool may not be full of water. <laughs> okay? You, 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 know, you, you have to have that kind of belief. Okay? So let's ask the Lord to make us more like Christ in our thoughts, in our words, and our deeds. Another part of the Bible says that Christ's mind is our mind. Remember, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, something incredible happened there. The Holy Spirit came to us. So all of Christ is there. All of Christ is there in us, his presence. And Christ as, and God's word and his will is also in his word, in his word. 
was because the Holy Spirit comes in, and that's like a supernatural spiritual event. But when you read the word, now your mind is working, and you're learning, and you're taking this stuff in. So let's begin to learn how to utilize the mind of Christ that's in us so we will be able to find a way out of whatever situation we might find ourselves in. See, God wants to prepare us for all these things. We're moving up as a church. We're moving up as a church. We're, 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 God is strengthening our message, making it more and more clear. We're moving into a national and into an international level. We need to know that. We need to believe that. We need to prepare for that. And what we need to do is walk in that, walk forward. So we're going we're, we're gonna to see how that works. Like I say, I'm talking to Christians and also to people who may not have received the Lord as yet. Got 10 points. I'm going to do this quickly. <laughs> Number one, God opens a way when we ask the Lord to teach us. Duh. That's not rocket science. You know, if you want to learn something, ask, you know, ask. Uh, okay, Exodus 33, 13. Exodus 33, 13. Look at this. This was Moses. He says to the Lord, if it is true that you look favorably upon me, if it's true that you kind of like me, you know, we're, we're doing this thing together. If it's true that you look favorably upon me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you most fully and continue to enjoy your favor. Lord, we got a thing going here. Teach me, show me so that I can know what to do and you can continue to be okay with me. You see, we need to have that kind of a conversation. See, praying is not getting all religious and holy, holy macaroni. No, praying is talking to God openly. You talk to God openly and you talk to your wife openly and you talk to everyone openly. We are what we are. This is it. What you see is what you get. This is it. We need to ask God to show us. As we read and study God's word, we begin to understand what the word is like. You want to know what God is like, who he is. I think by now you realize that he's different from us in a lot of ways. You want to know God? Get into his word. Get into how he thinks. We begin to see what God wants us to do. Again, David in Psalm 86 verse 11. Psalm 86 verse 11 he says, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Teach me. Show me. I want to do it. We don't know. We don't know. Teach me. We have to ask him. Then he says, grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. He right there, they always put, <laughs> the heart has to be pure. The heart has to be pure in order for us to honor God. You know, I used to be a performer. Everything was a show. Everything was fake. It was, you know, so I, I realize now, no, no, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to, no, I want to honor God. And David here says, give me a pure heart that I might honor God. And God will always, this is, this is another, hey, another tip. God will always provide everything that you absolutely need. To be able to do what he's asking you to do. He's not going to ask you to do something that's impossible for you to do. If he's asking you, it is possible and he will give you what you need to do it. Guaranteed. That is God's word. That is God's promise. Number two. God makes a way when we ask, when we seek, and when we knock at the door. Ask, seek. That means look and knock on the door. Ask, seek, and knock on that door. All actions that have to do with this is going to happen. I'm going there. I'm going forward. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7. Matthew 7, 7. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. This is what God says. These are the instructions. This is what you got to do. Many people are not persistent in their asking, seeking, and knocking. And that's why many times they cannot find the way out of their problem. Okay, now when God promises, look, you know, knock, seek, you know, when God says that, that is the truth. That's what it is. His promise is secure. If we do that, then exactly what he says is going to happen will happen. But the condition is, is that we insist. So, in another area, it says, pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. Don't give up. Don't give up. I think one of the general's books was never surrender. 
Never surrender. You know, we, we, cannot, we cannot give up here. We are guaranteed the victory. But of course, we have to keep going, right? And when we ask and seek and knock, the door is not only going the Lord is not only going to open a door, he's going to open the best door, the best door, okay? Because there's a lot of ways, they say, the people in the, in the hillbilly say there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, you know. Well, there's a lot of ways for us to do things, but generally speaking, our way is not necessarily the best. God's way is the best. He's going to come with the best answer, but we have to go to him and go through him. We should never forget another thing. Here's another tip. When a door closes in your life, you're working and you thought this was it and you, you know, a door closes. In Spanish, they say, tranquilo, tranquilo, relax. That just means that God has a better solution. That wasn't it. It looked great, but that was not it. We need to understand that. Don't get mad. Don't rebel. Don't get, don't, don't get crazy. That doesn't, that's not going to be good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That wasn't it. I thought that was it, but now I realize you have something even better for me. I'll relax. I'll wait on you, and you will show me what it is. He will always open a better one. Number three, God makes a way when we finally admit and accept that our human ways are often contrary to God's ways. Okay? We need to understand that. Most likely, what's going to come to me is going to be a human answer. But the thing is that we know from the word of God that we as humans, we are that Toyota that came out of the factory with a defect, okay? And we need a recall here. You need to get born again. You need to get walk in God's ways. So we need to understand that my way of thinking, my way of trying to solve this problem is probably not as good as God's way. So it's important that I find out what God's way is. We're going to Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far better than anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So let's allow the Lord to work in ways that go beyond our human reasoning, okay? You'll have to trust that he's going to lead you in ways that, may seem to not make sense to you, okay? Remember, we're in one place and God is in another place. And he's helping to bring us to where he is, okay? We won't always understand what he's doing. We do not have the capacity. Our mind is not mind, God's mind. Our human mind is not God's mind. We have to hook up with Christ's mind, which is in us. We don't have the capacity to understand what he's doing. So what do we have to do? Trust and obey. Trust and obey. There's a, there's a song that we sing in church which says trust and obey. The only way we can have peace and receive God's blessings is to trust and obey him always. And the Bible says like a little child, we need to trust and obey. That little kid who's standing up there and daddy says, okay, come on, jump. You know, <laughs> you and me jump and we're going to break everything. That, we <laughs> that kid trusts and obeys his dad. And so we need to obey God in that sense. Next, number four, God makes a way when we confess our sins and our shortcomings. Okay, now God's sticking his finger in our eye. He, he needs us to become a certain type of person. Confess our sins and our shortcomings. David wrote in Psalm 51 verse 2. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. So right there he's starting and he's saying, Lord, I know that I'm sinning. I know that I'm wrong. Wash me clean. Purify me. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't fix this. You can fix this. So I'm coming to you. Forgive me. There is sin here. We need you to clean it up. Then it continues in verses 11 to 13, Psalm 51. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And make me willing to obey you. Make me willing to obey you. If you're having trouble with this, tell God that. Tell him. I want to obey you, but something in me, like there's a little, there's a little glitch here. I need you to help me. to Make me willing to obey you, he says. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. 
So God even wants to use you to bring others to his ways. So what's going on here? The men's conference, all the men, we need to be really walking in this because when we walk in this, the devil, the demons, the angels, God, and everybody is observing what's happening here. So as I walk in these things, I am preaching without preaching. I'm living it. I'm living it. Anybody can see what I'm going through. Yes, we want people to see, yes, I'm human. I have my moments, but I go to God. So he wants, David's, David, and David says here, because David, he knows God a little bit. He says, and when all this falls into place, <laughs> I'm going to be getting that message to other people as well. All right? He wants to use you to bring others to his way. So what do we got to do? Admit you're a sinner. And that you need the Lord's teaching. Admit that you're a sinner. You need the Lord's correction. Admit that you're a sinner. You need the Lord to help you, to train you in righteousness, right? Okay? We have these things in God's word. We need to be in God's word. We need to be in God's word. We need, if you notice, I'm using a version of the Bible that's very simple. No thee, thou, no fancy stuff. This is down to earth. It's there for you. You, you need to get into this. You need to be connected to a church where you can feel you're part of a family, where you can have a connection with the pastor, with the ministers. We're going to more, talk more about that down the way, right? Now, hint number three. The Lord only teaches people who are humble. <laughs> that's, that's a catch here. You need to be humble. If you're proud and you think you know it all, God says, oh, okay, okay, Johnny, do it your way. Do it your way. If we are humble, then God will work with us. There's only one boss here. His name is Jesus, God. He's the one who's in charge. He calls the shots, and he lays down the rules. And the best thing that we can do, the best thing for us, is to do what he says. The Lord only teaches his way to the humble. Many people don't find a way out of their problems because they're not willing to humbly confess their sins and ask God to forgive them and cleanse them from unrighteousness. Ask the Lord to use your mistakes and inadequacies and failures so you can be more effective in your own life. Ask God to help you with all these things so you can be more effective in your life and also in ministering to other people. Because as believers, we're also called to not only like sit in a church pew and get fat. No, we're, we're to reach out with the message of the Lord to other people. And, you know, one thing that we say is uh, it's not what you talk, what you preach, blah, blah, blah. It's also what you live. People go more by what you live, by what you see in you. It's like your kids. They see everything that's going on in your life. And so if they see you being all holy, holy, holy macaroni with a Bible under your arm in church and then go home and live in a different way, you're going to make them more demons than, you know, than anything else because they're going to reject the things of the Lord. Point number five. This is important. God's will is found in Christ and in following Christ's ways. That's not rocket science. Look at Christ. Look at Jesus. Okay? You want to know the way to go? Follow the words and the example of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. You got to be in the word. Okay. I'll tell you where he is mainly. In the first four books of the New Testament. <laughs> That's called the gospel. That's where all the, a lot of information about Jesus. Who he was, how he moved, what he said, what he did, what he believed. You know, we need to look at Jesus and follow his example. His ways are perfect. They will always bring peace to our hearts. And he works in us. Jesus, his Holy Spirit, works in us to empower us to do everything that God wants us to do. Again, Paul says it in the book of Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. Okay? Who strengthens me, another version says. I can do everything who, through Christ who strengthens me. So that's in the Bible. That's a guarantee from God. I can do whatever God asks me to do because God gives me the strength to do it. Allow the Lord to use your problems to give you patience. When you get problems and you work your way through them, you learn patience. You learn endurance. Start. And keep going until you finish. 
God is going to give you the victory. You're going to see that victory. You've got to hang on until you get there, right? Ask God to make you more like Christ in every area of your life. He's our example. You want to see who's a real hero? Who's a real man? What's my example? What's my pattern? Look at Jesus Christ. He's the one. He's the one who'll show you how to be a real man. Not Spider-Man, Batman. Come on, get off of that. Or a vampire or some stupid thing like that. No, no, no. Jesus, he'll show you how to be a real man, you know. Number six, God will make a way for us when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, okay? When we put God first and, and doing things right, doing the way, things the way God wants, that's when we're going to, you know, we're going to see God open a way. And the other side of that is that he will provide all your essential needs, that verse says, seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. If, you, if we're walking in God's will, the way he wants us to walk, he's going to take care of everything else. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Money back guaranteed. Okay? Too many people waste their lives because their priorities are out of whack. Priorities are out of whack. They're going after the wrong things. We struggle and we kill ourselves to be humanly successful. You know, be famous, be popular, make a lot of money, have everybody look at me, have everybody see me. But we're miserable failures before the Lord. Our marriage is a mess. Our kids hate us. My son is on the corner taking drugs and he painted his fingernails black. Oh my God, he's growing his hair. I think he's changing on me. Oh my God, what's going on here? Jesus wants us to focus on him and the priorities of God's kingdom. Let's look at the prize. Let's look at the real thing. Jesus, God, and his priorities. When we work for the expansion of God's kingdom, because God automatically involves us. We're in his army. We're part of sharing his message with other people, okay? When we are hooked into this, our life is going to make a lot of sense. It's going to work. We're going to be fine. And we're going to be blessing other people when they see what happens in your life. Okay? And God promises to provide everything that you're going to need. You, everything for your wife, for your kids, for your family. All of that is going to fall into place. Organize your life around God's priorities. Organize your life more and more around God's priorities. And avoid the tendency, we all have a tendency, to take care of my stuff first. You know, something comes up, oh, no, no, I can't, you know, because the time, I don't have, no, because I have to do this, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you don't make an effort, if you don't put God's priorities on the top of the list and make sure they're taken care of, you're going to find that you're never going to have time for God. There's always stuff that comes up. It's always impossible, you know. Even for people who are trying to do this seriously, we constantly see how Things come up to interrupt that and to try that you would be sidetracked, distracted by a bunch of stuff so that you don't tend to the things of the Lord. Get rid of that. You don't, if you don't make that effort, you're never going to have time for it. Okay, there's a song by Frank Sinatra. It's called My Way, My Way. We play it in, in Spanish. A mi manera, my way. People, their hair stands up. They go crazy. They love it. They love it. That song is totally against what God wants to happen in our lives opposed to God's way for success people who try to solve their problems my way are going to lose out on all the benefits and the help that God wants to give them if you insist on doing it your way God will say okay do it your way but we're losing out when we turn our back on God we're turning our back on his blessings on his provision and on his protection where you lose, you lose. It's your choice. You do whatever the heck you want. You do what you want. But I'm just telling you what you're doing here. When we turn our backs on God, then we're missing out on a whole bunch of blessings. You know, we're missing. And this is important. These people, um, now I'm going to, 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 to hear the family of the church. The family of the church. Look at this. They want to do things their way. They want to do things their way. They're losing out of taking advantage of the good counsel from the correct people that God has placed in the church to help them. When you want to do things your way, your way, your way, you don't want nobody telling you what to do. You're not interested in anybody knowing your business. You want to do what you want to do your way. Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, 
11 to 13. Look at this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such a unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Look at this. Jesus Christ established his church, and he built it in a way that we have these five offices that I mentioned there, that Paul mentioned, right? And they're all there for your benefit, to service you, to help you, to take care of you. God wants to help you. You need to work. Look at this. You need to work in cooperation with the pastor of the church, the other pastors, we have 11 pastors in this church, you need to work with the elders and the teachers which God has put in the church to help and to guide you. They're not there just to look fancy or schmancy. No, no. This is part of what this whole thing is about. And you need to have a connection and relationship to the church and with these people. We need to be connected. Okay? Now watch this. Sorry about this. I usually try to be a sweet guy, but this is a, a rebuke, a scolding, okay? We always, we need to stop always making our biggest and most important decisions. We make our biggest and most important decisions. Never, never, never allowing God to speak to us or to guide us through our pastor. You, you have no idea how the pastor stays up at night thinking, praying, meditating, asking God for all of the people in the church. I get amazed. I can't believe how he could be so concerned about so many people in such a personal, detailed manner and how difficult it is for the pastors to, and the pastor and the other pastors to get people to, to listen and then walk with what they're telling them. We need that kind of a connection. Pastors and all these ministries were put there by Christ precisely for what? To pastor us for our benefit, to take care of us. And, and, and the thing is this, we're not interested. We're not interested. I don't want nobody knowing my business. Shut up. Don't you dare tell anybody what's going on with us. That, that's where we're at. That's where we're at, you know. And, and we won't allow it. So this thing about my way, you know, no, that's not it. God set up a whole system, and we need to be connected to that, okay? And God will guide us, and he will open a way for us, and he will bless us if we're willing to receive direction. I don't know how many times Pastor Joaquin hasn't said to me, this person will not receive direction. This person refuses to receive direction. People refuse to receive direction you know, direction. We inherently, there's something in us, we don't like somebody else telling us the way we go. But I'm going to tell you a secret. Tip number four. Pastors don't tell you their own opinion. Pastors don't tell you what they think. Pastors tell you what the word of God says. We're not here to make you the way I want to make you. No, we're here to help you to see what God wants to do with your life. So it, God will bless you if you're willing to receive direction, follow it, and finally, just obey. Shut up. <laughs> Excuse me. Just, just do what God says. <laughs> it's going to be great. Amen. Hallelujah. Number seven. God will make a way when we rely on the Holy Spirit to fight our battles. The thing is, when things happen, we kind of want to jump and, and, and do something. But look at this. Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. It's the Holy Spirit. Stop trying to work your own way out of your own problems in your own strength. You know, we always see this, uh, no, I got this. I got, you don't got nothing. <laughs> the devil got you in his pocket. Be careful. We need to let God work these things out. Let the Holy Spirit give you his power, okay? Then you're really going to be, you know, moving. Like I say, rocking and rolling. He's going to give you his power, his love, and his self-discipline. Remember, especially we men, you know, certain things happen, and, you know, you want to rip the guy's head off. You know, no, 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 no. You got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Number eight, another problem is 
Too many people fail to find a way out of the difficulties because prematurely they fall into discouragement, frustration, or fear. I know, I know, I know. When the, when the devil hits you with that bat, it's not once. It hits you seven or eight times. And we can take two or three, but sometimes, you know, we get discouraged, we get frustrated, but nada. We need to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. I think the more tense, the more serious, the more uh, stressing the experience is, the more we need to just chill and really quiet down, look for the Lord, and let him give you the answer. He is mighty to deliver you from any problem that you're facing, guaranteed, okay? With the power of his Holy Spirit, he'll deliver you if you will allow the Spirit to fight your battles. I find that in a lot of things in life, when whatever I'm facing or dealing with is creating a, like a, a strong, a strong thing in me, then usually that's wrong. Usually that's wrong. I, I got I to gotta get rid of that. God is, is, God is organized. God is order. God's things, you know, God, God, God works in a way that is going to function. So we have to be careful on doing that automatic reaction. We have to put it in God's hands. Number nine, God will make a way when we ask him to help us choose the battles that are worth fighting. I'm finding in my ministry that the people, people that I'm dealing with, there's a lot of people that they're running over here to help Fulano. Then they're running over here to help Fulana. And, and you know what it is? Um, look, um, you, 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 you need a refrigerator? Look, there, I know there's a refrigerator in such a place. You have to go such a day at such a time. And then this poor sister, the guy didn't go get the refrigerator. So she went and got the refrigerator and brought it to his house. Por favor. You know what I mean? Like, okay, what am I getting at? Some battles are not really worth you fighting them because you know what? They're not your battles. Some battles are not your battles. And the devil will love to give you stuff to keep you busy and distracted so you're not taking care of the things that you really need to take care of. You know what I mean? It's like if we just have a little bit of food and if I give away food, I won't be able to feed my kids. No, no, no. I, I have, you have to have things in order, okay? Okay. Okay, watch this. Watch this now. Look at that. Okay. You have to ask the Lord to show you what's really important and what is non-essential. You know, I would love to be able to get involved in this and help here and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes it's just not, not what you're supposed to do at that moment. Okay. You're in traffic in Miami. <laughs> There's the guy behind you really close, going a little too fast. He's in a rush. He's in a bad mood. And he's kind of looking at me like, what are you going to do? Get out of the way. Let him go. As a man, I know me. I get pissed. I get, <laughs> I'm a Christian. I don't get pissed. I, 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 it upsets me. It upsets me. Why is he so close? Doesn't he know that any little thing he's going to slam into me? And mess up my nice car, you know? But, but here's the thing. Let him pass. Let it go on by. And, and what I'm saying is stop trying to fight every little battle, every little thing that comes up that you may be wasting your valuable time and energy on stuff that really doesn't matter. And it really has nothing to do with you. Let God give you wisdom to know the best way to go. So we go to James 1, verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. And he will not rebuke you for asking. So he's, feel, he's saying, like, if you're in doubt, or if you don't know, or you know, you're not sure, go to God. He will show you. Like I say, a lot of times... What, you know, a lot of times we get into this thing, it's, and it's an emotional thing. Oh, pobrecito, I got to help this person. Pobrecito, I got to help this person. A lot of times helping a person over and over when they don't want to help themselves is the worst thing you do. Because they're making them, you're making them think that the way they are is okay. Okay? There are many times when God wants you to just let go and let God do it. Let go and let God do it. Okay? 
The devil wants to tie you up and waste your time. It's not your battle to fight, and so just give it to God. Number 10, we're almost there. Now, we're going to begin to wrap this up. We're going to begin to wrap this up. Let's look at one final scripture today, and it's James 3, 13 to 17. Now, watch this. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it. Isn't that weird? The Bible says that. If you're wise and you understand God's ways, prove it. Okay, we want this to be manifest, to be shown, to be real in our lives. One, by living an honorable life. What does that mean? We do what's right. We do what God says. We don't, when somebody, when nobody's looking, do something contrary to God. No, we live an honorable life in front of people when nobody's looking because God is always looking. Number two, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. You see that word again? Humility, that means humble. Doing good things in a humble way. If you do something good, you don't have to broadcast it all over the internet. You know what I mean? When you do something good, you do it humbly. Nobody has to know. Now, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. People do things for ulterior motives, you know what I mean? They're not really doing it for the motive that they want people to think. They're really selfish, they're ambitious. God doesn't like that. Okay, jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. That's not from God. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, you know, some people don't do things because they want to do them. They, they do them because they're jealous that you do it and they, they don't want you to get the credit. You, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. It says that where those things are, there will, you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and it is also always sincere. So there in that, that verse, you might jot that one down. That's a good one. That was James 3, 13 to 17. Got a lot of great points of things to avoid in our lives and kind of gives us a good idea of where and how we should be. Okay, can I get a little quiet music there? And I'm going to come quiet music. I want to end up today with a simple example. And uh, we, we, how many of us here know our pastor, Pastor Joaquin, right? We know him. We've all had like personal relationship with him and whatnot. Watch this. So a simple example of how one pastor reacted in a very uncomfortable situation. A woman in the congregation asked for an appointment to speak with the pastor to discuss some issues of great importance to her. Okay, of course, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. When they met to talk, when they met to talk, the women pointed out to the pastor several faults that she saw in him as a pastor and as a person. Not only that, she pointed out to him, she was concerned, she pointed out to him faults that she found in his preaching and in his teaching. Whoa. <laughs> Definitely an uncomfortable day and moment for that pastor, okay? Uh, <laughs> imagine the pastor's thoughts. Instead of the pastor helping and counseling this lady, she's a member of his congregation. Now she's counseling him and she's correcting him. You're not preaching right. You're not saying the right things. And I don't like your attitude as, as a person either. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. However, soft music, yes. <laughs> Instead of attacking her or getting angry or the pastor trying to defend himself, the pastor, guided by the Holy Spirit, simply looks at the woman's eyes with love. And he said to her, Sister, since you have observed these things in me, and since they may be true even, 
I'm going to ask a favor of you, please. Would you please pray for me? Please pray. Pray that the Lord will help me and guide me in every decision, in everything I say and do in my ministry. And please promise me that you'll keep me in your prayers before the Lord always. <laughs> he didn't do that sarcastically. He meant it. <laughs> he meant it. It was real. But you see, he didn't react in a human manner, but rather he let himself be guided by the Holy Spirit. I'm sure the lady thought she was doing something good. I don't think she wanted to give the pastor a hard time. She wanted to talk to him about stuff that was in, in, in her heart. So what do we see here? If we humble ourselves, if we ask and look and knock, God will always open a door for us. Let's remember Jesus' words in Matthew 7, 7. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Yes, there are situations in life which seem like, uh-oh, I don't see a way. I don't see a way out of this. I don't know which way to go. But even though it looks like there is no solution, God in His love and mercy is going to give us the way out. We need to believe that and we need to walk on the guidance of the Holy Spirit, walk with what we've learned in the Word, and sometimes we need to talk to the pastor or somebody who's got the right authority in the church that can help us and, and guide us, right? God will give us the solution. He'll give us the way out, and our problems will be resolved. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for this Word today. We just ask your anointing upon it. So I know there are people who need answers to their prayers. They don't know which way to go, Lord. Confused. I pray that they will go to you, that they will open the door to your Holy Spirit, that they will go to your word so that they can see that you're in control, that you love them, and that you are, and that you will guide them to the answers they so desperately need. Marriages, families, relationships between children and their parents, financial troubles, career troubles, family problems, all kinds of problems, vices. Lord, we put all that in your hands and we just ask that you would touch people's hearts that they may look to you. Like the prophets in the Bible always say, Lord, touch your people that they may reach out and look to you, Lord. For you are the all in all. You are the answer. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.